This podcast is sponsored by Two for All Anchorage. For 45 years, we have allowed the controlling party of the 11-member Anchorage Assembly the power to decide which single district shall receive only one vote, while all other districts receive two. In 2022, the current Assembly will have the opportunity to move the single vote out of District 1 and into a different district, possibly your district. On April 7th, tell the Assembly no thanks to cutting your representation in half. Strip them of their power by mandating all districts are to be equal in population with an equal number of votes by voting yes on 12. Don't risk losing half your representation in 2022. Vote yes on 12 and eliminate the rotating single-member district. Learn more at yeson12anchorage.com. Approved and paid for by Two for All Anchorage, Yes on 12. 7146 Terry Street, Anchorage, Alaska, 99502. Robert Couples Chair, Top Contributors, Pip Printing, Anchorage Education Association, Greg Gallagher, and Cliff Grow. All right, folks, we're back here, Landmine Radio, Juno After Dark with Molly Barnes. Hello, Molly. Hello, hello. Are you going to do the ASMR like you were doing before? That was just for the sound check, but I guess. Hello, hello. We are outside, outside the Alaska Capitol. People get paid to do that. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that's going to be my backup plan if the landmine uh, falls through. I've heard people on YouTube do like really well with the ASMR. So basically, they just they say whatever in a very quiet or voice. Or like unwrap... A bag of candy. I don't know. Yeah, they do weird stuff. All kinds of weird stuff happens on the internet. Like writing about Alaska politics. That's true. That's the really weird one right now. So we're here across from the Capitol. We just both attended this um, kind of weird Juno Assembly. What was it called? The Meeting of the Whole? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially a city council meeting, but it was just... Co- committee of the Whole. Yeah. So I talked about the COVID, the co- coronavirus, and then this this cruise ship. I thought it was going to be... A lot more exciting, but it, there was no public testimony. No, they apparently just got emails from people and were reading the emails off to be a little more constructive, but it definitely was less loose than it would have been if they had let people speak. <laughs> I, heard, I heard some of the emails were a little bit racist. That was a comment someone gave, assembly person told me. They said, yeah, some of them were a little bit racist. That would not surprise me. So you um, type like a motherfucker. I cannot, how do you tweet like that? I mean, I type okay. But I'm like, how is she? Because you were tweeting, you were live tweeting it. And I mean, you, you had done like a tweet with like a full tweet. And then two seconds later, there's like another full tweet. Yeah. I how type, do you do that? I type really fast in college. My friend and I used to do typing tests at the bar to see who could type faster. Oh, God. I think it's like, I think it can type like 110 words per minute or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Useless skill. <laughs> But were, I'd still do put it on my resume. If you were working <laughs> in like 1965, you'd be you know hot item. I know. I should have a more boring job. That was when the typing was a big deal. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you. I met you last session when you were working with the Empire. I didn't know who you were. I just always saw you around. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> and then one day in the public lounge, I think I started talking to you. Yeah, we had too many people in our press in our press booth, so we had to hang out in the lounge. The, pre- the press uh, core now is very, like, even compared to last session, it's smaller. Yeah, definitely seems that way. Okay, so let's go back, though, in time. So before you came to Juno last session to work with the Empire, you had come here, I guess, before that, right? Not, not, not for the Empire. Yeah, I moved up here in October 2018. Um, I had been 
for the past three years before that working for Gatehouse Media as a remote page designer and copy editor. So I was just traveling a lot mostly. I lived in Argentina for about six months doing that job. Didn't you tell me you got robbed a few times? (laughs) Yes, that's kind of why I decided I wanted to move back to the state somewhere. Um, I got robbed initially in Nicaragua. Just my stuff got taken out of a car, my passport and everything. So Uh, would you have to go to the embassy to get a new one? Yeah, I was actually traveling with like six Canadians and... um, I was freaking out thinking I had to go get a passport right away and they they had traveled a bunch and they were like, no, we're still going to, we'll just beach hop and then we'll bring you up there in a few days. It'll be fine. You don't need any of your stuff. But I had no money, no cards, no phone, nothing. Well, did you meet these folks like in Nicaragua or did you know them before? I met them there. It was like a group of six Canadians I met at like a hostel and then we all kind of decided to travel together so we could rent a car and it would be cheaper. But they were like very, I don't know, I love Canadians now because they were super cool and yeah, they just no, paid what? for everything and like got me up there and like took care of me. I mean, I've traveled so much and you see so many Canadians and Australians. Yeah. It's weird. You know, Canada has like 30 million people. Australia is like 24 million people. But you see more Canadians and Australians than Americans mm-hmm. traveling. We have 320 million people. I feel like there's more a culture of taking a gap year in those countries i guess because you see a lot of younger like 18 19 year olds yeah but we have definitely a culture of straight from high school to college so i think it's so but you you so you went back to missouri yeah so then i ended up getting my i got robbed a few more times in argentina actually and then no big deal (laughs) no but the last time was out of straight up out of my hand so that was kind of I don't know, it felt vi- more violating, and I think that kind of is what triggered Like on the me. street? Yeah, I was like looking at directions on my phone, and some guy walked by and just literally grabbed my phone out of my hand and took off on a motorcycle, and <laughs> I chased him for a second. It's like a movie. I know. It's apparently pretty popular there, though. There's even these guys called kangaroos, and they'll like wait for the bus to stop at a stoplight, and they'll jump up and like grab people's cell phones out of their hands. <laughs> Like oh my God. on the bus through the window, so it's pretty crazy. But It'd be yeah, awesome so- if you had like a phone, like a like a trick phone, where you could, you know, where you could, once they took it, you could like shock them, and like you could like <laughs> shock it. That would be quite an invention. No, so after that, I I moved back to St. Louis for a little bit. Um, I was living with my parents, so it was kind of boring, and I started traveling again, and then. I was trying to decide where to get an apartment and settle down a little bit. And Alaska had always kind of intrigued me. I'm actually always was obsessed with that Life Below Zero show and that Sue Aikens woman. From that I think I've, show. I've, seen, I've I'm familiar with it. I haven't watched it, but I'm familiar. But with it. it just felt like, um, you know, I wanted to live somewhere in the U.S. that wasn't really in the U.S. So. That's, why, that's why I moved here when I was yeah. 19, like back in 04. Yeah. So I mean, it was like another adventure. It's not quite. You can still have a little air of, I don't know, differentness than most people in the U.S. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's so. different up here. Especially, I moved here in 04. So, it's changed a lot even since then. Because you talk to people that have, my friends that born and raised here. I mean, they grew up and there was like no, back in the 80s even. They like, they flew, like the Monday Night Football and the, the news programs got like flown up from Seattle. That's crazy. I know when I moved up here at first, my grandma stopped calling me because she didn't realize that it wasn't like an out of the country number. Like, because I guess, you know, when she grew up, it was really expensive to call yeah, people no. here. So I was like, no, I, I still have my same cell phone number. You can people, just pick up the phone and call me. People talk about like on Mother's Day, the lines got jammed. 
no, to call out. That. Yeah, I've heard like back in the long time ago. <laughs> so, but you, you're so, but you, you, you worked as a reporter, but you're, I mean, you're like a legit journalist. Like you went to a really good journalism school. Yeah, I, w- I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School. So it's funny, I went to school and I just wanted to go to a good writing program. And since I lived in Missouri, that was kind of the best option that I could afford, uh, you know, state school and all. And then once I was in journalism school, I really did fall in love with reporting, you know, because you get to learn something new every day. So what do they teach you? And because I didn't, I mean, I have a history and economics degree, so yeah, I, know. I assume they teach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, things you don't know, like I assume AP they te- style. I don't, yeah, I don't how not AP. to curse, son. <laughs> I don't follow a lot of the rules, but like, do, I mean, they must teach you a lot. I mean, about what sort, like sources or like sources or. Yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely. It was hard. Like ethics, integrity. Yeah. Well, the reason the program at um, Mizzou is so good is because you actually work for a real newspaper during your um, like final two years there. So you're not just working for a student paper like most people in most journalism schools. You're working for a real newspaper under real editors. And um, so there, it's like a full-time job. So I actually did that class over the summer, so I would have more time to do it. But I don't know how people do it. So did you like get the bug? Did you do some, did you like do a, your first, like a big story or something that was impactful? Yeah. My degree was in, well, my emphasis was in multi-platform design. So I kind of actually focused a lot more on design and that's why my first job out of college was like a page layout design job. But reporting is definitely more fun. And I mean, everyone who goes to our program, um, gets writing training. So, but my capstone was I actually started this women's video game magazine with a group of four other students. It's called Fangirl the Mag. Um, so it was supposed to just be our capstone project, but then uh, the other guy I was starting it with, Sean Morrison, he works for ESPN Esports now. Wow. Um, so he and uh, applied for this grant from the Reynolds, Reynolds Journalism Institute. So we got like a $15,000 grant to start this magazine up. So wait, it's like a woman's video game? <laughs> yeah, video? it's kind of like all things nerdy. So I had worked um, as an intern at a publishing house in New York for Macmillan. And I worked in like a romance novel imprint. And it was very focused on like fan fiction. Like, the, like those ones at the store with like the naked people on the cover. And it's like. Mm, no, it was a teen romance novel oh, imprint. So, so it was like Twilight. It wasn't like stuff. the Prince of Tides with like. Yeah. These no. like, and it's like really graphic. It wasn't like that. But so it was kind of a mix of. It was definitely a focus on video games. Because I mean data shows that just as. I mean. Like I, reviews? I can't like remember. reviews or. Yeah, like game reviews. We went to E3 in LA. It's like the big video game conference that unveils like all the new games that they're working on. We also did like some cosplay stuff, some comic book stuff. Did you wear like an outfit? I didn't, but um, I do like costumes. <laughs> I mean, you had that costume, I don't know, recently you were, I saw, I saw in your, you were maybe skiing, you were wearing like a bodysuit or something. Yeah. What I'm, was that? I'm pretty into fashion. That was just... That was awesome. I, I'm I'm not a good skier, but I am going to look good when I'm skiing, you know? That's important. <laughs> it's pretty important. So, okay, wait. So you're doing the Missouri thing, and then... Didn't you mention you were in New Mexico? Because I'm from New Mexico. Yeah. Weren't we're you really Me- skipping around a lot here. So, yeah. twenty fifteen. I graduated from Mizzou 2015. I moved to Austin for a little bit. Started working for Gatehouse. Then I went traveling. Got robbed. Moved to Argentina, started working remote. 
Um, then in, yeah, in 2018, after I was living in Missouri, I went on this road trip through New Mexico and I met someone who was working for the forest service. And that's why I picked Juno actually, cause he ended up getting a job in Juno. So I, I kind of knew I wanted to come somewhere up in the Pacific Northwest. So wait, where'd you, where'd you meet him? Oh, we met on Tinder. <laughs> no, but like in, in Albuquerque or? Uh, yeah, he was living in Taos, but he was in Santa Fe. Did you go to, did you go to Taos? Yeah. Taos is cool. Cool. So I spent a few weeks in Taos. You love your, you love your Tinder. You've got a good well, profile. I don't love Tinder. I'm forced to use it. <laughs> what about Bumble? Isn't Bumble the other, like, isn't that the new hip? They're one? all the same. No, because Bumble, you have to, you have to start the conversation. Yeah, but it all, I mean, it's all the same eventually. It doesn't matter who starts the conversation. It's all. I used to be on Tinder. I got off. Oh, I don't even know. It's probably over a year, probably a couple of years ago. I just got so, I got a couple of really bizarre, crazy women I met that turned into like just way, way more than I want to manage. Yeah. I mean, it's a little I closer. It's Tinder. <laughs> it's bad in small towns, but it's, it's funny. I think I've, I've been on two Tinder dates that I've completely walked out of. Really? You walk? Just straight up walked out of. Like, did you like go to the bathroom? Or yeah. You, what, what happened? Oh my gosh, what happened? Well, the first one, uh, the guy was very cool, but then well, he was 15 minutes late, which is fine, but I had already ordered a drink at the bar. And once he got there, he's like, let's move. Let's go somewhere else. And I was like, um, if you wanted to pick where we're sitting, like you should have got here first. I don't know. That's just an idea. And then he spent the whole time, I mean, maybe 20 minutes telling me how weird it was to meet people he's never met before. And me hmm. being like a normal social person was like, you should be talking to people you've never met before every single day. That's, <laughs> like, what, we, that's what we do here. That's normal. That's like, yeah, at the grocery store. I don't know. Everywhere. And then. So he was um, like anxious or he was just telling you it was. He was just weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really... So you like, said, like, I got to go to the bathroom? No. So then I went to the bathroom, and I wasn't going to... I wasn't planning to leave. And then I came back out, and he'd already gotten the check and paid for it. So then he went to the bathroom, and I was like, well, he's clearly not vibing either. So I just left. Oh my God. What was the second one? The second one was in Missouri, and he told me that I look... The first thing he said to me, I was wearing, like, all black. It was when I had dyed my hair blonde. And he was like, you look like you're going to a funeral. I great <laughs> that open, was like great the opener. first thing he said to me. And then it got, it just got worse from there. I stayed though. It's that Midwestern nice thing. I should have walked out right when he said that, but I so didn't. I have not, I have not been on Tinder in Juno, but it strikes me as, you know, it's 30,000 people. I mean, you probably see a lot of people, people, you know, right? Like, I like, respectfully decline to comment on Tinder in Juno on this podcast. Oh my gosh. See, <laughs> see, there's the answer. Because even at Anchorage, like when I was on it b- b- before, I saw one of my, fr- I saw a friend, one of my friend's wi- wife on there. Yeah. And I didn't know what to think. I was like, do they have an open relationship? Do, do they, do they not? Is she cheating? Like if she's on there, obviously like she knows people are going to see. So yeah. I was just like a very, I didn't want to say anything. And then I'd see her and I'd be like, uh, I didn't, I didn't, ma- I, I swept, swiped left oh. on that one. I feel like now after this podcast, I'm going to have to get off Tinder because people are going to go look for me on oh, there. You're going you're gonna to get like... <laughs> Yeah, but they have to, because when I was on there, at some point, at first it was like free, but then they had this deal where you'd, you'd like run out of swipes oh, and you had to either wait or pay. I don't know if that ever happens to girls. Maybe it's a man, yeah, maybe it's a man thing. Yeah. Because I was like, run, I'd run out and you'd have to like wait for like to recharge. Wow. 
<laughs> or pay like some money. I didn't want to do that. Well, they got to make money somehow. It's going to be the thirsty dudes. <laughs> and and the ads. But I, I, I had, man, I got some weird, I could tell some stories, Tinder stories. I've, I've actually um, heard increasingly more, and actually, no, no, Grier Hopkins, for example. Oh, Representative wow. Hopkins. His wife now, they got married uh, recently. They met on Tinder. Yeah, I know. There's like Tinder people. weddings. I know lots of people that met on dating apps, so I mean, I think it's just... Get a little closer to the mic there. Oh. Need you, need, need you on the mic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have met on dating apps. It's just a changing landscape of how to meet people. I don't know. Okay, so, okay, well, you're, we're in, you're in New Mexico. You meet, you meet this... Was he a logger? No, like just like a wildlife ranger type So person. like a rugged man. <laughs> yeah. So he was my from, mom and nicknamed him the wilderness man. They oh, all have nicknames. Oh you God, know. <laughs> they all have nick. So, so many of them. So wait, so he's from New Mexico, or he's just working in New he Mexico? He was just working there, yeah. And so he got the job up here, and we actually, once I moved up here, we broke up like eight days after I got here, and wow. I just decided to stay. Eight days, yeah. So you like you like moved here with him? Well, not like a. Did you have like a? Car trip, road no, trip? No, I flew up here and met him like a month after he got here, but I, d- you know, I didn't know him super well. And Were you living? Like, would- we weren't. No, I moved into my own place, so I kind of was just like, smart, oh, yeah, smart. I'm not. <laughs> but then I met, I actually reached out to Alex McCarthy. He used to work for the Empire. Oh, yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. He, what's, um, he, what's he doing now? He's in Virginia. I think he just got a new job today, but I don't remember. I like that guy. Yeah, he's cool. But he was friends with Sean Morrison, the guy I started Fangirl with. And the so, ESPN guy. Yeah. So I knew he lived here and I knew he worked for the newspaper and I was just like, hey, we should hang out sometime. I'm looking for other friends that are in journalism. You know, it'd be good to meet up. And when I met up with him... Did, did you like slid into his DMs? I emailed him. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when I met up with him, then... Uh, you know, there was an open reporter position at the Empire, and I had kind of been wanting to switch into writing again anyway, so I decided to apply for that. So you, you didn't know anything, partly at all, about Alaska politics no. at that point? or Not Juno. Wow, Did you have any idea what you, knew, what you were getting into? Like, did you know it was kind of pretty crazy with the budget stuff and all the no. PFD <laughs> and all the... Not elect- at all. Palin? You probably know about Palin, right? I mean, I'd heard of her. I know the the basics. So you like you like, so you took the you took the job and like jumped in the deep end. Well, I was originally hired as the city and state or the city reporter, and so then the Empire last year decided to switch their focus to be pretty heavily on capital coverage. So actually, like three of us were covering the capital last year. Uh, so it was you, Alex, and who was because that Peter guy, the new guy, and, he didn't and, come till Kevin Baird. Kevin Baird. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about Kevin Baird. So you, he was evil bad man on Twitter. I made his Twitter handle that. <laughs> you made? I was always wondered where he got that. It was me. We were at McGivney's, I think, and he had, it was after, his Twitter handle used to be like Kevin in Alaska, I think. And then he was moving. So I was like, well, you can't be Kevin in Alaska anymore. So he he wrote, when he left, he left the Empire in kind of a blaze of glory. He wrote kind of a... Oh, it's, it's like magnum opus, like, fuck it, I'm out, article. And then he uh, did a, we did a podcast at the Triangle. Oh, really? I never. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never listened to it. Oh, you did listen to it. It was pretty good. It was, it was pretty good. Wait, so hold on. Let's go back. You're, you're, didn't, you have a good Twitter story. Oh. I always tell people this story. This is a great fucking story. 
Yeah, so <laughs> my Twitter forever has been holy guacamole, just something yeah I've had for a very long time and I it's actually my email too and it was on resumes and stuff when I was the first applying for jobs and people always push back on it but then the you know the type of jobs that I wanted which were like creative jobs were like oh it's funny you should keep yeah, it holy guacamole let's go so I'm like well you know if you're kind of so straight laced that you don't think it's funny I'm it's probably not the best fit anyway but anyway so it's been my Twitter handle forever. And last year, uh, the editor, the Empire, had a problem with retweeting my account from the Empire account. Um, so, but she, she not, said... She, she wanted you to change it initially, Yeah, right? she wanted me to change it and then said, you know, if you had already established a pretty big following on Twitter and it was like your brand, you know, then you could keep it. And I, um, I'm the type of person that is very competitive. So I was like, well, you know, what's the threshold for numbers we're talking about for having a brand? Give me me some numbers here. And she, she said, uh, you know, if if you had a thousand followers, you could keep it. What What did you have at the time? Uh, like 300 something small like I didn't really use Twitter that much before then I I have had it since 2009 but you know I would mostly use it as a more social thing versus like a professional thing um I mean I would tweet out occasionally some articles but I was designing at the time so it wasn't reporting and writing and using Mm -hmm. it in that sense but yeah so I had about 300 followers it was a Friday or it was my Friday I don't I think I had Fridays and Saturdays off or something. So it was like Thursday night and I was like, I'm going to tweet this out. You know, my editor says I have to change my Twitter handle unless I have a thousand followers or more RT and follow to save a pun. (laughs) And then, yeah, I I remember, I remember seeing seeing that. Yeah. She approved it. That's when I followed you, I think. Yeah. She approved it. Cause I said, Oh look, I'm going to tweet this out. And she was like, yeah, that's funny. You should do it. So I tweet it out and then leave the office for the weekend. And then, of course, I don't know. It's very, that's the kind of tweet, you know, people love retweeting and following if they know it's going to actually, like, actually affect something. Yeah. You know, like that guy that had all those retweets to get, like, chicken nuggets from Burger King or that something. Was, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, people love, it's like, I mean, it costs nothing to retweet he, something. He needed, like, what the hell was it? Like, 100,000 or a million? Like, exactly. And then he gets, like, free fucking nuggets for life or something. So I was kind of going off that and it was definitely um, an effective strategy because, you know, so probably the 300 people that did follow me were journalists, you know, a few in Alaska, but, you know, other journalists from that I went to school with. So they were retweeting it and then their followers were following me and, you know, writers love puns. It's like very well-known fact. So people were rallying behind it. Um, and yeah, I think I had 1200 followers like within the first 24 hours, like take that, but yeah, she kind of like backtracked a little bit on it and you know, cause people were trying to find out why some editor would be so gung ho about making me change the name. So it caused a little bit of controversy at work, but at that point, couldn't really do anything about it because it was too guacamole gate guacamole gate but yes then it's funny now meeting some people in the capital and they they only know me as that so <laughs> well that's that's effective so it's so, my brand now i guess so, so so that's where i met you last 
year, I, I kept seeing you in the Capitol. I didn't know who you were. I was like, who, who is this? Per-? I didn't know who Alex was either. I didn't know who a lot of people were, like the Juno people. But, yeah. But then um, you, you only worked there for a little bit after um, we met a little bit longer. You, you, you left, right? Yeah. I quit the Empire, I think, end of March or maybe like the first few days of April. And so um, over the summer, I was working uh, selling tours down on the docks for Juno Tours and Whale Watch. So that was kind of fun. It's probably pretty good. You get commission? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You're it a good was, talker. So it was quite a difference in the, I mean, it's just unfortunate that, you know, journalism just doesn't really pay, but right, <laughs> it's me, certainly I, fun. <laughs> every day I think about, what's frustrating for me is like, for what I, what I do and, and for a lot of the folks who, who write things and cover politics or whatever, people read it. Like people want to read it. They want, they want to consume it. They want to know. They want information. But very few people want to pay. Yeah. And then the the advertisers are, are less and less. It's not like the news, the old days when like you had to advertise in a newspaper, you had to advertise on the you know, TV. Now it's yeah. like changing. It's a constant battle with the paywall situation. So I fucking hate the paywall because I don't like. I pay for ADN. I pay for a few things, but then it's like you go to Wall Street Journal, like New York Times. I mean, at some point you want to read all this news. You know, you're having like ten or fifteen subscriptions. It, at some point, it kind of adds up. Yeah. Landmine, by the way, we have no paywall. <laughs> so let's talk about, so wait, so you 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 left, right? Because I remember, we were friends on Facebook, and I remember seeing you in all these like pictures all, all over the country. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I used to travel a lot, and then I worked the seasonal job, um, which ended when the season ended in October. So I was gone from October through New Year's pretty much traveling just around the States. Mostly went to Mexico for like a week. There's some epic. I remember seeing some epic posts and I was like, wow, she's having a good time. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So when did you come back to Juneau? Um, I was back for like a week in November. Um, and did you then, keep your place here? What? Did you keep your place here? Or yeah, no? I did. Smart. It's hard to find a place here. Yeah, I like... I like my roommates and my living situation, but actually when I left in December, I wasn't planning to travel. I was going to New York city for, um, a seasonal sales job there as well that I had heard about through some people I worked with down on the docks in Juneau selling Christmas trees on the streets of Manhattan. What? <laughs> and yeah. Did you do that? Oh, it was a bad situation. Basically we got there and we had confirmed with this company we were going to do it. And then, it was like this whole thing. We were we were supposed to like live in a van and like man this stand on the streets of Manhattan like twenty four seven. That is a, that is a fucking podcast. Yeah, and so when we got there, they were just we were waiting to hear where our stand location was going to be so we could go set up our stand. And then, um, like, so this is like legit, like, like Times Square type. Um, so-, so the guy who I know who had done it before was like up Upper West Side. I think like 86th and something. What kind of of market is there for buying Christmas trees in the streets? So you like deliver them to people because like they don't want to, they don't have cars, so they don't want to go get a Christmas tree. In this van? No. Yeah. In the van, you deliver them in the van and you carry them up and like, um, people just buy Christmas trees like close to where they live. So they don't go all the way to like a Home Depot or like a tree lot. You know, there's no tree lots in 
This is like such a foreign concept. Yeah, and so it's you- a commission. It was a commission only job. The guy I met who had done it before said he made ten grand in one month doing it. So we were like, so what's a what's a tree cost? Like a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, like a hundred bucks. Depending, they it's differently priced based on where you are in the city. So, so you, and you in Manhattan, you, it's upwards of a hundred. I think in Brooklyn, the Bronx, everything else, it's a little bit cheaper. But so you, you get like a cut of each tree you sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you did you do this? Well, no. So what ended up happening is there's some weird tree laws in New York City because I guess there was some kind of shortage like several years back <laughs> to make it so where you don't need a permit to sell Christmas trees like in New York City. So um, I think a lot of Canadians do it under the table. <laughs> and so Maybe last some of those folks year, you saw traveling <laughs> Nicaragua. Like, hey, right. So you? last year they had not enough workers because a lot of them got stopped at the border and then the this Canadians. year yeah the canadians and so they hired i think this year they hired too many people and so when we got there they were like oh we actually don't have a spot for you this was the day before thanksgiving and they're like we don't have anywhere for you to live so it's like the most expensive day of the whole year to fly tickets to juno were like a thousand dollars holy shit so we were just kind of stuck there Look, who are you with um, my friend Tressa, she's worked um, up in Juneau for several summers driving buses for Holland, America. But now she's like a web designer remote. But it worked out for her because the day we were leaving New York, she got offered a really sweet job doing like remote page or not page design, web design. <laughs> so what'd you do? So I ended up going and traveling more with my roommates because... It was going to be too expensive to fly all the way back to Juneau and then fly back to St. Louis for Christmas that last minute. So I went, I ended up going back to Taos. I met up with my two roommates. Yeah, I, I saw a picture of you in Taos and I remember thinking like, cause I'm from, I grew up in Albuquerque and yeah. I love Taos and I remember seeing that and being like, oh my God, Molly in Taos. We were love, hot love spring that. hopping and we went to see the Grand Canyon. We went to Las Vegas. Then you we to, went up you to go to the Hamas hot springs or no? No, we went to like Faywood, I think. Yeah, Hamas is a couple, like probably an hour and a half south of Taos, but really yeah. fun, really nice. Yeah. It was a pretty, and then I bought a car, and then I drove it to St. Louis for Christmas, and drove it back to Seattle, put it on the barge. This car is in Juno. It's in Juno now, yes. What kind of car is it? 2015 Ford Explorer. It's nice. Ooh, <laughs> look at you. Wow. So, so then you came back, and then I was here, and then you, you like reached out to me, and yeah. You said you're here, and you said, you know, you, you, I think you knew I was coming. Was I already here? I think I was already here. Or maybe you, you were knew. already here, yeah. And I said, I said, do you want, you know, you're looking for somebody to, to write? And I said, oh, my God, I remember your articles, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. Here we are, yeah. Being associated with a landmine is probably a little weird for you, I bet. Uh... Have the folks, like, reached out to you? <laughs> what are you doing? You've yeah. written some good articles, though. The ferry article you did a few weeks ago has got like a lot of a lot of hits yeah like it's a thousand interesting. shares it's it's a i mean i think i don't know yeah you've got some friends but you've also got some <laughs> not friends so. i tell people it's like i tell people there's nobody if, if if somebody knows who i am there's nobody who's like if they know me and you say what do you think of jeff there's nobody who goes like oh yeah i really don't have an opinion about it i really don't have an opinion of him yeah. It's either, you know, like I like him or like I fucking hate him. Yeah. One of the two. Well, Usually I think it's, I hope it's more like than dislike, but there there are some strong, strong, strong feelings. Well, I'm sure people will 
like me more than you know. I think they, no, that's that's true. That's accurate. <laughs> if not, I'll just wave my journalism degree in their face. You got the Missouri. <laughs> yes. I gotta work on my my. Uh, you keep telling a- me about my, my AP style because I'm yeah. doing. I'm doing whatever. I don't even know. Doing it wrong. Because <laughs> you, you do like gov dot rep dot send dot. And then you do like the. the That's the something we did in journalism school. AP style quizzes. <sighs> See, I missed that. I missed that part. <laughs> I'll buy you an AP style book for your birthday. I will. I will read it. <laughs> My birthday's not until December, though. So, so it's a ways right. off. So so what's the plan now? So you're here and you're we went to that meeting for that was kind of a weird meeting. The what's the plan in terms of what? I'm going to work on or what? Well, so you're, are you going to work in, on the cruise? Is a plan to work in the uh, the cruise industry again or the, the docks? If, if Assuming the, you know, <laughs> assuming the cruise industry is, doesn't go to shit this summer. Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. So you, you like want to stay in Juneau? Oh, is, it's a big question. Are you trying to launch me into an existential crisis? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I can tell you're kind of already there. So Yeah. No. Juno is interesting. I mean, it's you've never you've never been to Anchorage. We, we got to get you to Anchorage. Yeah, I'm going. That that that's a whole different kind of situation. Most people tell me it's not good. But um, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like everyone's either super Anchorage or super Juno. I mean, there's like there's some crime issues there <laughs> that isn't great. It's gotten a little better, but I mean, it's just a whole different like you know, Southeast Alaska is a whole different type culture than than Anchorage. I mean, Anchorage, I like it because it's big. It's it's like three hundred thousand people, so there's a lot more to do. You Do can, they have any Latin clubs there? Because that's what I really miss. They used to have this uh, <laughs> bar that closed, where they had like uh, Latin night. What's 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 that dance called? The salsa. They had like salsa, salsa night. dancing. Oh yeah. My friends used to go there and Platinum Jacks. It was called. I think they have a few clubs like that for you. Okay. I think we can track them down. Anchorage clubs are real. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. Yeah, they're Anchorage. So for you, probably not. I mean, I don't know what happens in St. Louis. Well, I mean, yeah, St. Louis got. Isn't some like that? Like a big rap scene in St. Louis. Yeah, St. Lunat- dance clubs and St. Lu- it's a big city. St. Lunatics. <laughs> Nelly. That's right. So, well, this has been a good podcast. We learned a lot about you. What? Um, we should do another one. <laughs> oh gosh. Get closer to the mic. You keep doing your hair. Oh gosh, it's too hot in here. I know it's like so. I was just thinking it's like <laughs> where the fan was on earlier, but I turned it off because of the fucking noise. Um, well, I'm gonna keep. Looking very forward to working with you. You do some really good stories. And I think there's, you know, pretty soon it's going to get like hot in the capital. There's going to be a lot more stories to write about. So thank you, Molly Barnes, for doing the podcast. Landmine Radio After Dark. It's what time is it? It's it's after 10 p.m. Wow. Got to get out of here. Get to bed. Okay, Molly. Well, thanks for coming in, doing the podcast. Um, Be seeing you in the capital there every day. See you later. And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.